Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. I grew up in Hastings, Minnesota, a little village of 12,000 nestled on the Mississippi River. I had a a neighbor friend named Tom, whose uh, grandfather had a house outside of town in the country. It was a beautiful uh, location and he had this wonderful black lab named Ralphie and uh, we would go fishing and swimming in the lake with Ralphie and uh, sometimes we would uh, go on the riding lawnmower with the grandfather as he mowed the lawn and it was a happy time. Tom's grandfather also had a, a shed which we liked because in the back they had an old refrigerator with soda pop. And the shed was always locked. Ralphie didn't like the shed. He used to bark at the shed. He never went inside the shed. The grandfather had said, Boys, I don't want you coming anywhere near the shed at night. So we only went there in the daytime. There was a um, Saturday, late in the day. We decided to go to the shed to get some soda pop. And we unlocked it, went inside. All of a sudden, door slammed shut. It just shuts and slams, and we jump. And we panic. Ran out of the shed. We didn't know what happened. We we were confused. There was something frightening about that shed. A few years later, on Halloween, Tom and I, we got out of our trick-or-treating outfits, we took our candy, and I said, at midnight, let's go out to the shed and just feel it. Just get inside and feel it at midnight on Halloween. So Tom's grandfather is asleep. We tiptoe into the kitchen, grab the key, we walk over to the shed. We unlock it, and hearts are pounding. We were scared. And we open the refrigerator door. The light comes out, and there's a dead rabbit on the ground. 
and uh, we get the hell out of there. Get back in the room. We're not about to tell the grandfather and wake him up. And uh, we were scared. After, uh, we just tried to avoid going into the shed as much as possible. A couple of months later, staying at the, uh, the house, both trying to sleep. We hear a peculiar noise. So we ventured outside where we could see the shed. And we look over at the shed. And there is the riding lawnmower outside the shed. And as we look at the riding lawnmower, there was a figure sitting on the riding lawnmower. And this was not his grandfather. This was a slim figure. You could almost see through the figure, and it was a figure that seemed supernatural. We just couldn't believe it. It was scary. So we, we go back to our room and we couldn't sleep that night. And now we were convinced that the shed was haunted. A while after the lawnmower incident, we were having dinner with the grandfather. And he wanted uh, some soda pop. Can you guys go out to the shed and get me a root beer? I looked at Tom and he said, no, I'm not going. Well, I'll go if Tom comes with me. And the grandfather said, Hello, why don't we go? I'll go with you. So we followed along behind him. And the grandfather, he goes, oh. and we peer around him to see what he's looking at. Oh. His wonderful black lab, Ralphie, right there, dead on the floor of the shed. And uh, we were confused because Ralphie never went inside the ship. How does his body get inside a locked shed? There, there, there are no windows or holes to get, there's nothing, there, there are no tunnels into the shed. We could not believe it. For the grandfather, 
it was the uh, the final straw. And he took us outside. We walked back to the house. And he sat us down and he said, and he said, Tom, your father asked me not to tell you the story I'm about to tell you. I never knew your dad. You never met your dad's brother. Not a happy person. Had trouble in life. Couldn't hold a job. Had a temper. Had a drinking problem. Didn't like animals. The crazy uncle was always uh, mad at his dad, the grandfather. Didn't get along with him, and there was resentment. When he was 21 years old, he went and got a shot. He hanged himself. He hanged himself in that shed. And it reinforced that the shed was really haunted. A month later, Tom's grandfather knocked it all down, and he made a bonfire out of the wood, and he burned it. Looking back at the series of events, I think that it was, in fact. The uh, crazy uncle in that shed, and uh, I'm just grateful that the shed is gone. Hello, everybody. My name is Cleet Keith, author of Ghost of Greystone, Beverly Hills, and you are listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with my friend Aaron Hunter. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, February 27th, 2023, episode 292. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, always glad to be back in the hot seat. And the weather is great, the sun is shining, and we're in the 50s right now, so I'm enjoying it. As far as announcements are concerned, there's not really too much to announce. Everything is just going silky smooth. Kind of scares me. But yeah, Tuesday, which is tomorrow, a new episode of Aaron's Horror Show with Mr. Aaron Farrell will be released. And Wednesday, a new episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry from Texas will be out. So don't miss those. And you know what? That's about it. I know. Short and sweet. So you guys know what that means. We're going to do more listener stories. And for you new guys out there, if you want to share your own paranormal experiences, just send it to me, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com, and I'll read it off on a future episode. And you know what that means. Oh, come on. Say it with me. Say it with me. That's right. To the story then. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving. And we still have the fires going. Nice and toasty, warm in here. 
You guys know the deal. Grab a beanbag over there in the corner and find an empty spot on the floor. And while you guys are doing that, get behind my desk here. Oh, yeah. And I printed off Britt's packet. Thank you, Britt, for sending that. And what stories does she have for us today? Hmm. Okay. Well, we got two medium ones and a long one. All right. Let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. I just need to wet the whistle first. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. So good when it hits the lips. All right. The first one. This one is by Kentucky. And it's titled Haunted Objects. Okay, Kentucky. Let's see what you got, man. Throughout my teenage years, I lived in a haunted house out in the country. So, when I was 20 and we moved to a house in the city, I was thrilled. For six months, everything was normal, until my dad decided to surprise my mom by buying her an antique china cabinet. My maternal great-grandmother collected china her whole life, and my maternal grandmother had just given what was left of her collection to my mom. She had nowhere to display it at first, so they stayed in a box. When Dad brought the cabinet home, he explained that the man he bought it off of had purchased it from another man who had painted it white and put stickers all over it. The man who sold it to my dad had replaced the glass, stripped the paint, and returned it to its original appearance from a hundred years ago. Mom loved it because she could finally display her grandmother's china, and the cabinet was beautiful, so we made quick work of arranging the antique china inside. Shortly after he purchased the cabinet, my dad had an accident at work and had to travel out of state to get surgery. My brother was in high school at the time, so while mom was with dad, I was taking care of the house and making sure he was up for school on time. One day in early October, I was home alone while my brother was at school. I decided to clean the house while I was alone, so I put my headphones on and started cleaning the kitchen. I was about halfway through the sink full of dishes when I started to feel strange. I stopped scrubbing the pot I had been working on and just stood there for a moment, trying to understand what I was feeling. One of my earbuds had fallen out, but I hadn't really noticed. That is, until I heard someone whisper my name in my ear. I turned around thinking I had lost track of time and my brother was home and had decided to scare me. But no one was behind me. I walked to the edge of the basement steps, expecting to see him in the game room, turning his Xbox on. But he wasn't there. I checked the clock and saw that he wouldn't be home for another hour. I assumed I was hearing things, so I went to walk back to the sink until I saw a shadow dart across the basement. I ran down the steps and looked around, still halfway expecting to see my brother standing at the far end of the basement laughing at me. When I got down to the basement, I looked everywhere, but saw no one and nothing that could have made that shadow. The only thing I can think to associate this experience with is the cabinet, as the house had been completely normal four months. Uh, thank you for reading. Oh, man, that's from Kentucky. Kentucky, thank you very much for sharing. Love this story. Uh, yeah, every once in a while we do get a story uh, like this every once in a while. Uh, someone buys something from a thrift store or 
you know, an antique shop, something like that, and their home, which they've been living in for years, right? It's uh, all of a sudden it comes alive. And the only thing they can think of is they bought a watch or a piece of jewelry or, in this case, a china cabinet. And, you know, odd things start happening. Yeah, it's not very unique. It happens once in a while. Uh, Kentucky, thank you again for sharing. Yeah, that's a great story. I love that story. All right, what's next? What do we got? This one is by Gina, and it's titled The Doll. Okay, Gina, let's see what you got, man. Realizing as a teen that the house I grew up in was haunted, this is my earliest memory of an occurrence that, as a child, I didn't understand. I was born in 1977, four minutes later than my identical twin sister. Growing up, we did everything together. When we were around five years old, Santa Claus left us each a doll under the Christmas tree. My sisters wore a red satin dress and mine wore a satin blue dress. When he tilted them back, they cried and their eyes would close. Tilt them forward and the eyes would open. One Saturday, we were playing on Mama and Daddy's double bed. Mama always made the bed every single morning. You could bounce a quarter off of it. The comforter was tucked neatly under the pillows, and the end was tucked tight between the mattress and footboard. To a couple of five-year-olds, the double bed felt like a king size. We had plenty of room to color, draw, play with our dolls, etc., etc. Mama was hanging out clothes that day, leaving us inside to play. We kept each other company and basically out of trouble. A couple of sheets of paper, a worn-out box of crayons, and my sister's doll made the day spectacular playing on the king-size bed. We were playing on top of the covers, and other than a few wrinkles from us crawling around on top, the bed was still pristine. We both had to use the bathroom. We always went together, so we walked out of the bedroom, down the hall. We left behind the paper, the crayons, and her doll. We weren't gone two or three minutes at the most. We entered the bedroom at the same time and my sister turned to me and asked this simple question. What did you do with my doll? I told her I hadn't done anything with her doll. We both looked on the bed. She wasn't there. We looked on the floor. She wasn't there either. We climbed back on the bed that looked no different than when we left, except for the doll being gone. While moving around, I found a lump at the foot of the bed. I slowly got off the bed, lifted the comforter. I couldn't see the doll. I lifted the top sheet. Couldn't see the doll. Pulled the fitted sheet from under the mattress. Reached underneath and pulled the doll out. She was under the fitted sheet. I had to unmake the bed to get her out. We ran to the back door to find Mama halfway down the clothesline, still hanging out clothes. As children, we accused each other of hiding the doll. I knew I didn't do it, and she knew she didn't do it. But in our minds, we were the only ones that could have. It wasn't until we were half grown that we looked back at this encounter and realized that neither of us had hid the doll. This would be the start of strange occurrences for the next 15 years that we lived in that house. This is from Gina. Gina! Oh man, thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, every once in a while we do get 
stories where, you know, things are just moving around the house, they disappear, and then maybe a month later they come back. But in this case, it sounded like it happened quite quickly. And uh, at the end here, it sounds like for the next 15 years, you keep on experiencing other odd things. Yeah. Dolls are creepy, though. <laughs> Thank you again for sharing. Loved it. Yeah, I don't like dolls. That and kids. Kids are spooky. <laughs> All right. What's next? What do we got here? This one is by John, and it's titled Military Base. Okay, John. Let's see what you got, man. I have been serving in the United States Air Force for approximately eight years now and have seen my fair share of the world. Each new place I've visited has brought me new and exciting experiences. The same cannot be said for the base I'm currently stationed at. I will give you two stories from this location. I'm currently stationed at a base in eastern New Mexico, a few miles from the Texas border. I was previously stationed there from September 2014. I returned to this installation in 2015 after a year spent in South Korea. Prior to my return, my wife had gotten us a home on the base. This home we lived in was temporary due to new homes being built on the off-base housing complex. These older homes were built, I believe, in the 1960s and had been inhabited by many military families. Due to my job on the base as military police, we patrolled all over the installation. I've typically worked the night shift, so most of the base has always made me uneasy. Now, due to the age of the homes, you can assume lots of things within these homes have happened. I know we have had suicide attempts all the way up to a murder that happened a few years ago. Uh, needless to say, strange things go on there. I'd approximately been home for a few months when we had our first experience at our house. This was one of the first times in my career that I was assigned to work days, so I had to typically be up by 4 a.m. I woke up to what I thought was my wife getting out of bed, eyes half open. I felt her walk by the edge of the bed and out into the hallway. I looked at my clock, and it wasn't even 3.30 a.m. yet. I asked her what she was doing, and she responded with, trying to sleep. I rolled over, and she was still in bed. I told her that I thought she got up, but she had thought I did. We both couldn't go back to sleep at this point. The following morning, I was woken up again at the same time. My wife was at work, so I had the house to myself. I awoke to a strange noise. Our bedroom door was always left halfway open for our dogs to get out. I looked down from my bed and both of our dogs were staring at the hallway. As they looked back at me, I looked up just in time to see a man walk by my bedroom and down the hall to the living room. I jumped out of bed and went into the living room to make sure no one was there. The house was empty. As I stated earlier, that home was temporary. So we moved into our new home in a complex right off base. This property is owned by the Air Force and is considered a part of the installation. In the back of this complex, there is a small cemetery that is widely known as the Children's Cemetery. Bodies buried there are from the 1800s, 
and vary in age. It is believed that the land this housing complex sits on was once a cemetery and upon the United States Air Force's purchase of it, they moved some of the bodies to the Children's Cemetery. There are locals who are mad that the Air Force continues to build on sacred land. Now, for the sake of this story, I will leave all of the other experiences of this housing area out until a later time. I will just tell you about our new home. Compared to our previous home, the new one is two stories and is attached to another house. So due to paper thin walls, you can occasionally hear your neighbors. About a week into living there, I woke up around 3.30 a.m. again while my wife was at work. A sliver of light from the streetlight outside shined into our bedroom, and I saw a child-sized shadow standing at the edge of my bed. I stared at it for a few seconds until it walked back into the corner of the room. I immediately turned on my light and saw nothing. My wife would complain to me that while I was at work, she could hear someone walking around downstairs. Typically, she would think it was me stopping home real quick, but that was never the case. I ended up switching back to night shift to spend more time with her. A few months had passed and nothing strange had happened. One Saturday morning, a co-worker of mine stopped by our house to take us to go pick up a new bed for our spare bedroom. We could not fit the bed in our cars, so we asked to use his pickup. I ended up opting out of going due to an appointment in our bathroom. Upon finishing my business, I heard a little girl's voice calling my name from downstairs. I figured my wife was home and they needed help getting the bed upstairs. I heard, hello, and Frankie, a few times until I stepped out and said, I'll be down in a sec. I walked back downstairs to my wife and Buddy walking into the house. I asked her when they got home and she told me they just pulled up. I said, you weren't here five minutes ago? She replied, no, why do you ask? I proceeded to tell her what I heard. Another few months had passed and still nothing other than someone moving around downstairs. We had grown relatively used to that and chalked it up as our neighbors. Until one night, when I had fallen asleep in my man cave, my wife typically got mad at me for falling asleep in there and would normally wake me up, have me go back to sleep in our room. So when I woke up to a knock at my door, I didn't expect much. I originally woke up to just a genuine weird feeling. I heard that knock and said, I'll be in the room in a minute. I then heard footsteps walk back to our room. So I immediately got up, turned off my TV, and left the man cave. By the time I got into our bedroom, only a couple minutes had passed. When I walked in, my wife was in deep sleep. I woke her up and apologized to her for sleeping in the man cave and having to make her come wake me up. She asked me what I was talking about. I told her and she responded that she hadn't gotten out of bed. I asked then who knocked on my door. Due to her being half asleep, she said, obviously not me. I, at that point, got shivers down my spine and after it took her a few minutes to realize what happened, we ended up not going back to sleep until the sun started to come up. Since that night, nothing has really happened there. 
I have many more experiences from there, specifically the housing complex. Some of us like to ghost hunt on the creepier parts of the base, but I'll leave those stories for another time. Thanks for taking the time to read this. And man, holy cow, that's from John. John, thank you very much for sharing. Loved it. Yeah, we've gotten uh, a few stories in the past seasons uh, from other military personnel and strange things that have happened, you know, on these bases. And yeah, you know, these bases are old. And a lot of these, you know, like the story says that you wrote, uh, a lot of families have come and gone and all kinds of things are happening at these places. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, John, thank you again for sharing. All right. And that is it. That's all the stories we have for today, guys. And as always, we are flattered that you come and visit the RPA Network. Hopefully you're finding some things enjoyable for you. And don't forget this Friday, two new entertaining short films will be released. Enjoy. And if you don't have the free RPA app yet, just go to your app store and do a search for Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, and download it today. Stream anytime, anywhere. And with that, I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britt, and it's also made possible by LaFoss Corporation. And man, we love you guys. Oh yeah, we do. As always, thank you and good night. Yeah. <laughs>